Anything is Potable is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know Celtics ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Uh, you are now tuned into anything potable, the most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause, like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital, like Antoine when he shimmied after shots went through. So tell me why you mad even Your team gon' be sad leaving After matching up with Brad Stevens Each season, champion contenders We drop twice a week like you tryna guard Kemba <laughs> Your team whack and your players whacker I got the inside scoop after hanging up with Jay and Packer Okay, we about chips here I'm talking about this year Band of 12 plus 6 here Carson was top rookie I'm saying it now Ain't playing around with Tatum off the charts, but you gotta play it market smart. Close out, cause he pulling up from Harvard Yard. Gang green, it's no other way. So tune in to the pod if you plan on staying up to date. You heard? Aziz. AJ, I, I see you, player. Come on. What's up? Welcome back to the Anything is Potable podcast. I'm Jay King. From the Athletic, here with Sam Jam Packard from the Athletic, <laughs> to discuss a victorious Celtics weekend, a two and zero Celtics weekend, a Celtics weekend that brought some impressive developments. I think from Grant Williams, especially at the center position, Jason Tatum still a little inefficient. We're going to talk about that. Jalen Brown getting to the cup. We're going to talk about that. And Kemba Walker got his groove back, showing off his skills of eruption. We're going to go over it all. And then we got we got a new for for those who haven't listened to us before. We used to be the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Now we're anything is potable, the greatest Celtics podcast of all time. You can subscribe to us on iTunes on Spotify. Give us a five-star rating, please. Uh, this is our free show. We're going to do at least two shows a week. This is this is our free show. We're going to have one under the Athletic paywall per week as well. To sign up for the Athletic, we've got a promo code for you. You can get 40% off. Theathletic.com slash anything is potable. Sign up. Honestly, there's some great content on The Athletic. If you like sports at all, the writing on there is fantastic. The podcast network they've created is unrivaled. And that's where you read Jay King. He's dropping numbers. He's dropping knowledge. He's got insider info. I mean, <laughs> like, what are you doing, you goofs? You goofs. Speaking of goofs, we've got Grant <laughs> Williams. We, we used to, on our old podcast, we had some weird, like, players of the week type things um, where basically the top players from every week, we put them in some weird, some sort of vehicle. 
vehicle of our, of our creation. Um, in the past, we've done Jason Tatum's taco truck because he likes tacos. And Aaron Baines' houseboat because he once said he wanted to have a houseboat. Now, it's going to be Grant Williams' Settlers of Catan table. And I think it's a table, right? Do you use a table you can play it on? You can play it on any flat surface. I'm not a nerd, so I don't know these things. Well, see, this is a good segment. This is going to be a good segment because I'm a huge Settlers of Catan nerd. I really started playing while I re-upped once I found out the Celtics drafted uh, Grant Williams. And so um, it's going to be a good clash of cultures because Jay King... You can say a lot of things about him, but I, I don't think nerd would be a way you describe you. I'm a, I'm a legend is probably the only <laughs> word that, that matters. <laughs> but let, let's get into it. We'll start with Grant Williams, since it is his Settlers of Catan table. And since he did emerge as a small ball center of sorts, he played crunch time minutes against Marcus Gasol and helped a run against the Raptors. He played against Mitchell Robinson, who is a high-flying youngster on the Knicks. And he was just really solid. Just really solid. Through three games now, the Celtics are plus 18.6 points per 100 possessions with Grant Williams on the court. Love that small sample size. Super small sample size theater. Obviously, you can't read too much into every stat. But to me... Williams' emergence as a possible center option. I didn't think he'd be able to do that as a rookie. He's six foot six. Yeah, like, I, I thought he could do some of, the, some of the things he's doing offensively. Like, we knew he was a pretty good passer. We knew he was a decent playmaker. I thought we could see him, like, kind of do things out of the high post. Um, he hasn't done too much of that. Like, I don't think he's been bad or, like, a, really a, a detriment to the team offensively. But his defense has been... Insane, especially against um, Marc Gasol uh, and big guys like Mitchell Robinson. I just did not anticipate him being that good a defensive player. And it, it was striking in, in the Toronto game, um, being in the arena, just seeing his like communication. He was barking out, at, uh, telling like Tatum and different players like where to be in position. He really felt like he was a, kind of the, the quarterback of the defense on some uh, situations. And you just don't expect to see that from a guy playing his second NBA game. And so I was just super impressed with not only his size and his ability to body up these bigger defenders, but then there's a there's one play I'm thinking of uh, in particular where he was guarding Marcus Gasol. They got the switch um, and Kyle Lowry, and he stayed, had like the quick feet enough to stay in front of Kyle Lowry and forced a bad shot. And so I was I just didn't know this was, was part of the package. I, I thought maybe, I thought he Grant could make an impact on kind of the offensive end and being a, a hustle player. A lot of people are calling him a thicker Marcus Smart, which I think, you know, uh, he's certainly impacting winning, but I didn't think the defense was going to be here. Yeah, I didn't think he'd be able to play center, honestly. And the fact that he's shown the ability to do that so far, and obviously it's just a couple games, but so promising. And for the Celtics, it's huge. Like, you look at the roster, front court is an obvious issue, or at least the obvious question mark. And his canter, not great on defense. Daniel Tice can get bullied by bigger guys. Robert Williams, who knows what you're going to get from him on one play to the next, one night to the next. He's whatever. so he's, up and down. He makes some great plays, and then some plays where it's just like, what the hell are you doing, Time Lord? 
Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the Robert Williams experience. So Grant Williams emerging as a possible center is probably the biggest deal to me from these first three games. Like, you knew Kemba Walker was going to start scoring, and you figured Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Gordon Hayward were going to do a lot of positive things between them. But Grant Williams coming off the bench and playing so solid and playing – holding his own against Marcus Gasol, really beating Marcus Gasol and Mitchell Robinson, that's a major deal. Like, that is unexpected. That is possibly raises the Celtic ceiling this season. And we don't want to overreact. It's just three games. But he's looked very good defensively. He's looked complimentary offensively. He's gotten some stuff rolling with the basket. He's offensive rebounding. He's making hustle plays, and he's meeting guys at the rim and blocking dunks. My man has blocked several dunks already. So shouts to him for being six foot six and just blocking dunks. His awareness is like the thing that I think is the most impressive. It just feels like his timing, like even just when to double or um, certain scenarios of when to rotate, it feels like he really knows what he's doing. He had a nice offensive rebound, kicked it out immediately. Jason Tatum in the corner for a three. Um, he just seems like a pretty heady and smart basketball player. Um, now, the question I have is, how pissed off is Semi Ojale right now? I mean, this guy just came in and stole a spot. It's a small ball five. He had chances. <laughs> he was the most improved player last year. What do you mean he had chances? He did everything in his power to improve. He had chances. Grant Williams has come in and just done a lot. He's done a lot. And I didn't know he could play center. He's been playing center. He's been doing it well. It's a big deal. Also a big deal, Kemba Walker. He struggled very much so against Philadelphia. To carry that through the first half of his first home game in Boston and then just remembered, seemed to remember, I am Kemba Walker. And I get buckets, bruh. And he's just kind of just... Just lit it up since then. I think you can see how Kemba will fit on the court. Obviously, Kemba was going to become Kemba again at some point. But what what's really funny to me is he really does seem like the exact opposite of Kyrie Irving off the, off the court. With his quotes, with everything, it is like funny to me how he, it, it's almost like he's trying – to be the anti-Kyrie, but I think it's just who he is. I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. You hear all the bad stories about Kyrie and you come in and you're just a naturally nice guy. Um, I think it's different. That, like that moment where Jalen, Kemba was absolutely cooking and then Jalen took a, just a, a horrendous mid-range shot. Um, Kemba did not scream at Jalen or give him a, ba- a bad stare down. actually encouraged him. He Kemba even lied to us and told us it was a good shot. And so <laughs> he said, great. even. He said, great shot. I mean, it was it was quite open, but the man had just cooked for like eight straight points. There was no need to do that. Um, the thing that interests me the most about Kemba is it just feels like he's so happy to be in a situation where like the crowd cares and like the basketball matters, uh, especially against the Raptors on Friday night. He was, like, before the crowd was even, like, amping him up, he was, like, walking in the crowd, telling everyone to get louder. He seemed super excited just to be playing meaningful basketball, and he seemed to really thrive once the crowd got going behind him. Um, He was 
quite good. It, it reminded me of the Kemba that absolutely killed the Celtics uh, in years past. And so um, he definitely was pressing, clearly in the Sixers game and clearly at the start of the uh, game against the Raptors. But once he got it going, it felt like um, the, the Celtics are going to be a lot more dangerous. Their offense, the, the final six minutes of that Raptors game was insane. Like they went on, I don't know the exact numbers. I think the Raptors only scored eight points, but the Celtics had the ball moving. They had open three after open three. And it was like, this is the highest potential for what this offense could be. And a lot of it just started with, um, I think Kemba had to kind of keep the the Raptors honest on, on drives and, and his just kind of one-on-one ability. And then they were just able to to swing the ball around. But that that last six minutes where the, the Celtics really clamped down, and that's, oh my God, I can't believe I'm talking about it. This guy's a, a, a charge-taking machine. He took four <laughs> charges. That's insane. He's five foot six. He out Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry that night. And Kyle Lowry was big mad. <laughs> well, Kyle, yeah. Lowry's, Kyle Lowry's always big mad, but he was big mad in this situation too. I think you can see how Boston is just going to fall in love with Kemba because not only is he really good, but he's also like that snarling, mean-mugging type of winner where when he's kicking the crap out of you, he lets you know about it, and he wants the crowd to be on his side, and he's encouraging the crowd, and he's, you know, flexing and really just appreciating all of it. And I think you're right. It it means a lot to him that he's in this situation, and the basketball matters for him again. You you could tell like that fourth quarter, like you said, that he started off with eight straight points, I believe in like a minute and a half and the Raptors tried to double him. They tried hard hedging on him. They tried a lot of different coverages and he just diced them up and then freed everybody else up before long. It was like Jalen was throwing a long bounce pass to Gordon Hayward and Jason Tatum was driving baseline for one of the best passes of his career. He passed. Let's <laughs> use that to talk about Jason Tatum because he deserves a lot of credit. He's heard all the skeptics. You gotta go to the rim. You gotta go for the layups. You got. You can't settle for the mid range. But man, can that guy not hit a layup? Like it's like he's, <laughs> it's it's absurd. He he's drastically improved in terms of before he used to not even be able to gather the ball. Like that was a big issue. But some of his attempts have just been like he never expected to be able to get a shot off, and now like he found himself at the top of his jump. It was like, oh, what do I do now? Um, it was. It's been ugly. Like. I commend him for taking the better shots, but man, he's just, he's not there in terms of finishing around the rim. He doesn't really have a floater. Uh, He takes some weird angles or I don't know. It just hasn't been great. And so at the end of the game, when he, you know, decided to pass, that was cool. That was like definitely a, a, an added benefit because you don't always have to take a, a, a shitty layup. You can do other things. And I think like, I think it was a nice sign in his development. I know it's small sample size theater, but I think it's something that Jalen actually got much better at in terms of driving and passing. And it would be nice to see Tatum do that because many times he's going to be surrounded by shooters who are just, if the defense does collapse, they're going to be wide open uh, as Jalen Brown was on that, that one drive late. Yeah. He, uh, Jason Tatum shooting 34% through three games on about 20 shots per game. He is, Still averaging 20 points, nine rebounds, three steals. Like, he's still doing a lot to help the Celtics. 
But you're right. Like layups have been a real issue. And part of me wonders if it's just he's missing weird shots that he won't normally miss. And the other part of me wonders whether there will be like a pretty big adjustment period while he does shift his game from mid-rangers and jump shots to all of a sudden going downhill a lot and not only getting layups but creating them by himself. And I think from what the Celtics did in the past, from how he played in the past, it's a big adjustment. And I do wonder if if it'll just take him a while to get used to the new opportunities he's getting, the new opportunities he's creating. Um, Obviously, like, he's had some weird moments. Like, the one time he just, against the Knicks, he just tried to kind of body Mitchell Robinson on the baseline. Like, just try to, like, I don't know what what he was doing. He was, like, Euro-stepping him, sort of, like, put his shoulder in. like, Like, it was just a point guard he could shoot over, and Mitchell Robinson just kind of swatted it away like, bruh, what you doing? <laughs> and then Marcus Smart finished off the play with like the buzzer beating three that had Marcus Morris so tight, so tight. But Tatum's shot selection is just, it's getting way better, way, way, way better. Like His shot chart is much improved. I just think he needs to get better at like capitalizing and finishing, capitalizing on and finishing the the new chances he's creating and just making decisions. Like I, I understand he has not that much experience, like coming off a pick and like playing downhill. Um, But it feels like he still has to know like when to be patient in that regard. I think smart is like really good at this at like basically getting the, the defender on his back and using that to his advantage. It feels like Tatum, he comes off the pick, realizes he has some space and is like full speed ahead, which I guess if it's part of the process, it's it's good, but I think there's still going to be definitely going to be an adjustment period. And I'm, I'm surprised he doesn't do, like, it feels like a lot of his post stuff is still fading away, and that's just kind of naturally part of his game. But it was just wild to see Siakam in that game and just, Siakam's a problem. Like, I, that was my big takeaway from the from the Raptors game, other than the the Celtics, like, putting it together and Kemba being back. Well, how do you stop Pascal Siakam? And there's a lot of comparisons between Tatum and Siakam, at least on Twitter, when that game was going on. And it just feels like, at this point, Siakam is like a a step ahead of him. Your sweatpants are on for the day, but you're sick of microwaved leftovers and frozen pizza. This is our first ad read. Mid-show ad read, by the way. (laughs) Your sweatpants are on for the day, but you're sick of microwaved leftovers and frozen pizza. Enter DoorDash, restaurant-quality food, with a living room dress code. You know that's right up my alley. JK, Ordering... you wear sweatpants to, to every occasion. This is perfect for you. <laughs> Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. I've actually done this with Taco Bell, as embarrassing as that is. I order uh, 12 boxes of soft tacos. To the wow, that's, that's impressive. A little aggressive. And who who orders Taco Bell? But DoorDash makes it easy. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code CELTICS. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code CELTICS. Don't forget, that's promo code CELTICS 
for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. Uh, just in case you don't forget, guys, that's $5 off if you enter the promo code Celtic. I'll say it again if I have to, but I don't think I have to. I think that was enough. Let's continue talking about the Celtics. Jalen Brown look, looking a little wiser now. Looking like his offseason work has paid off. I think especially just getting to the rim. He's done a great, great job of, of getting there, and not only getting there, but just being patient and being strong and using his athletic freakiness to create space and good opportunities. Like it, This isn't the Jalen Brown in the past where he used to go in there without a real idea of what he was doing and just kind of hope for the best and hope he could out-jump or out-athletic out people. This is Jalen Brown with a plan. An absolute plan, and it, it's it's really impressive to see from where he's been the first few years of his career. Yeah, he's no longer homicidal Jalen, where he was just trying to dunk <laughs> on everyone. He's more of like a, a serial killer uh, Jalen, where he's just taking his time and being patient. And his finishing and finesse around the rim has been incredibly impressive. In There's just some times where he goes up, and I, I, I'm thinking he has no chance of doing that just because I'm used to kind of the Jalen Brown of old. But he's been... Has a lot of finish around the rim. I think he's uh, certainly been more patient in the pick and roll than Tatum and, and been able to kind of create space. And uh, I think he's attacking off the dribble, especially coming off picks, has been fantastic. And he's got that nice little fadeaway, which it feels like uh, he has more control over than than does Tatum. And I'm we were just talking about Tatum, so I'm going to keep uh, comparing them, and they're probably going to be compared a bunch. But... It just feels like Jalen Brown uh, is taking a lot of the right angles, and then when he does get to the rim, he's seeming he's finding a way to get the ball in the uh, ball in the cup. Like it's just it's just working for him right now, uh, and it it you want the ball in his hands. He he seems to be like you want him taking kind of like the amount of shots that Tatum is. He's probably not as good a shooter, um, but he's still knocking those down. But you're right, his ability to attack the basket has been. Uh, damn good, especially over those last two games. And and he has, he's been throwing some sexy passes. So I think Jalen Brown, sans flat top, has been uh, a breakout star, perhaps. All-star? Who knows? Tune in to find out. <laughs> I think I think Brown, Tatum, and Hayward have... like There have been struggles, obviously, shooting for Tatum. And Hayward hasn't posted enormous stat lines. But those guys, to me, with the, the way they've played disruptive defense, and the way they forced a ton of turnovers. The Celtics are leading the league in turnovers forced with a huge percentage. They've turned over, turned teams over 48 times over the last two games, which against anybody is impressive. They had Siakam look a little uncomfortable sometimes. I thought Jalen did a really nice job on him, although he hit a ton of three-pointers. Not normally Pascal Siakam style, but he got out of character a little bit. His biggest... Biggest uh, upset in that game was that Brad Stevens did not describe Pascal Siakam as a joke in the postgame. But he did in the pregame discuss how Pascal Siakam's pre-draft interview was just memorable. <laughs> and how he left that knowing Siakam was going to be good. Which does make you wonder why, why did you draft Yabu? Drafted Ante Zizic and Gershon Yabuselli before him. But they wanted some draft and stash guys, so whoops. <laughs> um, it's classic, classic NBA move is to be like, yeah, man, 
I was super impressed with that guy who turned out to be a star pre-draft. Like, everyone says that about Draymond Green. It's like he was next on our draft board. It's a classic move. You, okay. you Everyone had him. That, that, that's fair. Um, okay, the Celtics are forcing a ton of turnovers. Do you think that's a real trend? Like, do you think they're going to be among the top teams in the league in forced turnovers? I think with their speed and I think the length of Tatum and – athleticism of brown i think they can do that uh i i would like to think so but i just i think with them playing small maybe they can really play play fast and get into passing lanes but i don't know uh i think it's gonna be really matchup dependent i think when they when the teams like slow the slow the game down i think the other teams have the advantage but um i think when if it's a fast up and down game i think there's the celtics are just filled with these basically six, six and up athletes who can be pretty long and, and are good reaction types. Tatum, like I've been criticizing him here, but I think he's been really good on the defensive end, uh, anticipating jumping and passing lanes. I think Jalen Brown's done a good job of that too. Um, so I think they have the potential and the, and the personnel to kind of do that. It's just whether or not they get punished for being that small all the time. I thought it was interesting at the end of the Raptors game, we talked about how, good grant williams was playing but then in the final two minutes they went to the the smart ball lineup where actually like i think tatum would qualify as the center and they put their their five best guys on the floor i think there's like a high risk high reward scenario there where like the kind of the speed and the energy of that super small lineup can create a lot of like turnovers but i think they have like a lot of potential to just get bludgeoned inside if anyone's big the raptors were so dumb for playing marcus all down the stretch when serge Ibaka was dominating that entire game but but you just um, talked about how there's a potential for them to get bludgeoned. Like, Marcus all would be the dude to bludgeon you, right? Yeah, but then they ran into the thick Marcus Smart, Grant Williams, who did not let the bludgeoning happen. And I <laughs> I agree with you. I guess I agree with the strategy, but it just felt like Serge Ibaka, also a large human being, and his athleticism, he was all over the place and felt like no one could stop him just because he was faster. Gasol just felt... I don't know if he hasn't played himself into shape yet, but he just felt pretty slow compared to Baca where he actually had size and was like, had the athleticism. But I agree with you. Like the strategy makes sense of if they're going to go super small, let's put in our center. I guess they just anticipated more from Marcus Gasol being able to do anything with uh, Grant Williams. But I think that's right. The thing that benefits the Celtics is there's like not a lot of giant bigs uh, in the East. I can think of Embiid, Drummond, maybe Vucevic in Orlando. But beyond that, there's just like not... It's not a strong, like, fives in the Eastern Conference. And I think it's interesting when Brad Stevens has brought out the smart ball lineup so far. Like, he didn't play it at all against Philly until they were sort of desperate down double digits with, like, five minutes left or so. He used it against Toronto when the Celtics were ahead and needed to close it out, which I thought was an interesting decision. Like, you... Probably want to rely more on defense at that point. I was shocked when he put Smart in in the final two minutes. Like, it was still a close game, and they still had some bigs on the court. And I just like, why? I, I wish I had asked him that after the game. I had the opportunity, but I wasn't thinking about it. But it would be interesting to hear about, like, why what his thinking was. Because maybe it's just he thought this, uh, the Raptors were going to need threes and were trying to play fast and weren't going to be, like, as methodical and try and post guys up. But... It's going to be interesting to see when he uses it because you're right. It's kind of been um, hasn't been consistent at least uh, in the first couple games. Yeah, that's kind of like the ultimate wild card lineup. Like, <laughs> I, I have no clue what that lineup will do. I I think 
obviously they should be able to score, but can they stop anyone? Can they rebound at all? Can they force a ton of turnovers? I don't really know what that lineup will do. I'm not sure Brad Stevens does either. Right now, the sample size with that is supremely limited, but they looked pretty good against the Raptors. And here's they, the, the the big test, though, is now they got the Bucks coming in. And I was just thinking about teams in the Eastern Conference that have size. Giannis, Brooke Lopez, like you can't run. Like, well, we'll see. This is a big test for Grant Williams because. Robin Lopez just cooked the Celtics last year, being able to shoot the three ball. And apparently that's Brooke Lopez who cooked the Celtics, bro. They got both Lopez's. They're both wonderful people. And I am looking forward to talk to them, but you are correct. Uh, Brooke Lopez basically destroyed the the Rockets by himself after Giannis uh, fouled out in, in their opening game. But I think it'll be a huge test for Grant Williams to see like, okay, you can, you can bully ball with, I guess, uh, Marcus all, but can you like, Stay with Robert or both Lopez, both Lopi out on the perimeter and in the interior. And do we see any of that small ball lineup? And who the hell stops uh, Giannis? Uh, who do you like if you're the Celtics? Do you put Tatum on Giannis to start the game? I don't know who the like kind of best option on defense is at this point. Grant Williams, a Giannis stopper. Ooh, I don't I don't think so. I think Giannis can take one step around him and it'll be nothing. But Grant Williams is surprised. All of us so far, so who knows? Gordon I don't want to limit his potential. Ennis Cantor, like the Giannis stopper. <laughs> is Ennis Cantor even going to play? Is he back from injury? Who knows? I guess we'll see. Before we get to Grant Williams, the settlers of Catan table, we got some rain and junk. Rain and junk, for those of you who haven't listened to us before, is where we discuss weird sort of non-basketball stuff that interests people. In Rain and Junk today, we've got those disgusting jerseys, the hideous alternate jerseys that Ennis Cantor posted, revealed on his Instagram. What is Nike thinking with those jerseys? It's good. Like the the whole color scheme is off. Or I'll try to describe them as best as possible, but they're they look to be green and gold, but the green is kind of looks at least from the front view, I don't know if uh, Ennis Kanter had some weird filters on, but it looks kind of bluish, kind of teal. Uh, the back looks more classic, but then on the front, like the 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 font that says Boston looks to be in this like weird Gaelic uh, style. Of they, weird- they look like the logo of an Irish bar if the owner of the bar had gotten absolutely annihilated and just decided <laughs> to make the logo and font like... It was from some movie. And it, I mean, there are, they are just all out hideous. I am. Um, I just posted them and I got 25 replies just all saying how awful they are. We can go through them. Ew. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is a good one. Finally, the jersey that lets everyone know yes, I'm still very much into House of Pain. Uh, <laughs> Just a lot of people are upset, and rightfully so. I've seen some cool third jerseys. It, like, Nike seems to come out with an alternate jersey, a new one every single year, but this one feels like a a big swing and a miss. Not good stuff. Not good. I mean, that is just uh, just a bad jersey. Just a bad jersey. And classic, classic Ennis Cantor. I'm sure the organization probably intended to unveil them at a later time. And Ennis Cantor decided, I'm going to put him on Instagram instead. 
Yeah, he plays by his own rules. It's fantastic. And then the Celtics just got roasted. The whole world roasted the Celtics for that jersey. It was the entire internet uniting as one to roast those jerseys. Special, special day. It's 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 not every day that NBA Twitter comes together for find a common common thread, but they everyone hates them, um, and justifiably so. They're they're ugly. I think they're ugly enough that I think like they might make. Nike might may try new design. Like the the reception of them has been so bad. Maybe it's just a photo. Who knows? But it looks not good. It looks very bad. You're right. I re- like terrible dive bar from a with a sign from the '70s. That's like O'Callahan's is exactly what it looks like. Yeah, that's the place where you go and you just hope someone doesn't smash your face in with brass knuckles. Yeah, and you're, you're again like dollar fifty Miller High Lifes, and you're enjoying it because that's exactly what you came for because you only had eight dollars in your pocket, but uh, it's not what you want on the front of your jerseys. Not in the the ch- organization with the most championships in the history of the NBA. All right, <laughs> that, that was good riffing. Uh, let's get to Grant Williams' Settlers of Catan table. As far as I'm aware, the game is limited to four players. Well, uh, Jay King, it depends if you have the expansion pack. Uh, you can uh, upgrade to at least six players if you're doing the Surfers edition. Yes, the original version of the game is four players trying to uh, outwit each other and build settlements and capture resources and become the dominant member of Catan. It was invented by a German man named Klaus Tuba in 1995. Uh, is this true or are you just making all making of this is up? all of this is uh, a thousand percent true? I play the game. You can play with me online at username Bay Crowder. Um, Grant Williams plays the game a bunch. Uh, it's for smart people. You have to be thinking ahead. But you're right. It's a four-player game, and Grant Williams. I talked to him first game of the season. None of his teammates have played Catan with him yet, but in this segment, we're going to invite them to the table. It's a privilege to be able to play Catan uh, as four guys hanging out, having a good time, and so that's what we're going to choose. But the four best players each of every week will sit down at Grant Williams' Catan table. So first, it's got to be Grant Williams. It's got to be Grant Williams. The guy was fantastic. We spent 20 minutes talking about him. A lot of Grant Williams talk tonight, and he earned it. He earned it. I, I, we don't even have to talk about him anymore because we talked about him so much. But he certainly deserves the spot at the Settlers of Catan table. We'll let him where, pick his color. He can. We, he we can even go second or third because that's where you can pick the best settlements. You know, it's just. Uh, well, he he earned it. He's top. He's top dog. Okay, who's player number two? I think it's got to be Kemba Walker. We just Ooh. talked about him. Be like fine. He's like Stella in that he got his groove back. Um, he was good. He scored more than 30 points, which is impressive. He was just happy to be here. He's not Kyrie Irving. I think it's obvious. And I think the next one's obvious too. I think it's the fourth one, uh, that's really going to be difficult. But so who do you think I I think is the obvious third choice? Jalen Brown, baby. Yeah. We talked about it, but it's gotta be him. He had foul trouble in game one against Philly. Other than that has been dynamite, has been smart, has been decisive, has been getting to the cup has very much taken advantage of the new opportunities in the less crowded Celtics ecosystem. Jalen Brown, heck of a week from number seven, is that? Yeah, number seven. Yes, number seven. 
Now, here's the big question. Who's the fourth person? Because I don't think we can do Hayward because he seems to be not fully back or just not like not asserting himself. Tatum, we've talked about his struggles. I don't think he can award it to a guy shooting like 30%. I don't know if there's another obvious pick here. I got some ideas, but uh, I'll, I'll let you go first because I think I have the one that makes the most sense. Uh, but I don't think you'd pick it. Ooh. <laughs> I, I, now, now I want to hear yours because I am all out of people who deserve to play Settlers of Catan with Grant Williams. The answer is Taco Fall. Four See? points. Three minutes, his per 36, he's averaging 48 points per 36. It's insane. He got in the game. He didn't use any of his 45 days because the G League season has not started yet. He's a great swimmer. He's learning how to swim in Charlestown. <laughs> he's bringing his friends there. He got a really cool jacket uh, from Canada Goose, uh, and it looks like I saw it in the log room. It was absolutely huge. Um I don't. I just think for lack of, because Carson Edwards has struggled. We talked about Shemi struggling. Vinny Sexpants hasn't done anything. I think you could give it to Marcus Smart for just being like consistent and heat checking threes and still being like knocking down some shots. But you want Taco Fall at your table plus Taco and Grant. They're very good friends. I think it just makes most sense that way. Okay, we'll we'll let you have Taco. I do think Javante Green, who did a Rubik's cube in ninety seconds would have been a solid choice. It, it's so funny. The the locker room the other night before the game against the Raptors was as electric as I've seen it. It was Taco Fall being awarded a jacket. That, the biggest jacket Canada Goose has ever made. I mean, absolutely the most enormous jacket I've ever seen. I think Grant Williams told Taco he could fit it over a Ford <laughs> uh, Jason Tatum told Taco that he could sleep in it. It was the whole locker room just lit up when Taco Fall got that jacket. It was it was incredible. And then Javante Green just did his Rubik's cube on the side. And then Kemba Walker came in, and he's a three time All Star. And Taco Fall is a two way. And Kemba said to Taco, "Talk, you a legend." <laughs> and he's, it, not and it, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. And it all made perfect sense. So it's a new year, new Celtics, new vibe, a lot of, lot of rain and junk going on in the locker room, honestly. I'm here for it. I actually skipped out on that pregame availability because normally it's just a bunch of media members standing around looking at Twitter. And I said, oh, I'm going to do some work. And then I missed just like the most electric pregame availability ever. It, was, it, it, was it really bad. was special. It was special, man. It was the likes of the pregame likes of which we have not been blessed for a long time. Well, there you go. I mean, I think, I think it's a good sign for the Celtics season and we'll see how they kind of take that energy moving forward. <laughs> Let's take our energy moving forward as well. We are the anything is potable podcast. Follow us on iTunes, follow us on Spotify, find us on the athletic app. If you want, again, there's still a promo code, Theathletic.com slash anything is potable. Get us for 40% off. Get your subscription to The Athletic for 40% off. This is our one free show. We'll have a show behind the paywall coming later this week. We appreciate you guys. And that's it for this episode of Anything is Potable. Anything is potable! <laughs> I'm going to do that to end every episode. Yeah.
I think it's, yeah. a good, it's a good out. I mean, saves your trifling ass because you don't know how to do an outro. 